Chapter Four of *The Little Grey Lady* by Francis Hopkinson Smith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn. Chapter Four. Two hours later, a group of young people, led by Mark Dabney, trooped out of Kate's gate and turned down the Little Grey Lady's street most of them wore long cloaks and were muffled in thick veils they were talking in low tones glancing from side to side as if fearing to be seen the moon had gone under a cloud but the light of the stars aided by an isolated street lamp showed them the way so careful were they to conceal their identity that the whole party there were six in all would dart into an open gate crouching behind the snow-laden hedge to avoid even a single passer-by only once were they in any danger and that was when a sleigh gliding by stopped in front of them the driver calling out in a voice which sounded twice as loud in the white stillness where's mr dabney's new house evidently a stranger for the town pump was not better known no one else stopped them until they reached the little grey lady's porch kate crept up first followed by mark and peered in so far as she could see everything was just as she had left it the candle is still burning mark and she's put more wood on the fire but i can't find her oh yes there she is in her big chair you can just see the top of her head and her hand hush don't one of you breathe now listen girls mark and i will tiptoe in first the front door is never fastened and if she is asleep and i think she is we will all crouch down behind her until she wakes up and another thing whispered mark from behind his hand everybody must drop their coats and things in the hall so we can surprise her all at once the strange procession tiptoed in and arranged itself behind the little grey lady's chair kate was dressed in her mother's wedding-gown flaring poke-bonnet and long faded gloves clear to her shoulder mark had on a blue coat with brass buttons a buff waistcoat and black stock the two points of the high collar pinching his ruddy cheeks the same dress his father and uncle harry had worn and all the young bloods of their day for that matter the others were in their grandmother's or grandfather's short and long clothes tom fields sporting a tight-sleeved high-collared coat silk-embroidered waistcoat and pumps kate crept up behind her chair but mark moved to the fireplace and rested his elbow on the mantel so that he would be in full view when the little grey lady awoke at last her eyes opened but she made no outcry nor did she move 
except to lift her head as does a fawn startled by some sudden light her wandering eyes drinking in the apparition mark hardly breathing stood like a statue but kate bending closer heard her catch her breath with a long indrawn sigh and next the half-audible words no it isn't so how foolish i am and there came softly harry and again in almost a whisper as if hope had died in her heart harry kate half frightened sprang forward and flung her arms around the little grey lady why don't you know him it's mark cousin annie and here's tom and nanny fields and everybody and we're going to light all the candles every one of them and make an awful big fire and have a real real christmas the little grey lady was awake now oh you scared me so she cried rising to her feet rubbing her eyes you foolish children i must have been asleep yes i know i was she greeted them all talking and entering into their fun the spirit of hospitality now hers saying over and over again how glad she was they came kissing one and another telling them how happy they made her how since they had been kind enough to come she would let them have a real christmas only she added quickly it will have to be by the light of one candle but that won't make any difference because you can pile on just as much wood as you choose yes she continued her voice rising in her effort to meet them on their own joyous plane pile on all the kindling too mark and kate dear please run and tell margaret to bring in every bit of cake she has in the pantry oh how like your mother you are kate i remember that very dress and you mark why you've got on the same coat i saw your father wear at the governor's ball and you too tom oh what a good time we will have soon the lid of the old piano was raised a spinet really and one of the girls began running her fingers over the keys and later on it was agreed that the first dance was to be the virginia reel with all the hospitable chairs and the fire-screen and the gouty old sofa rolled back against the wall this all arranged mark took his place with the little grey lady for a partner the music struck up a lively tune and as quickly ceased as the sound of bells rang through the night air in the hush that followed a sleigh was heard at the gate kate sprang up and clapped her hands oh they're just in time there come the rest of them cousin annie now we are going to have a great party let's be dancing when they come in keep on playing at this instant the door opened and margaret put in her head somebody she said with a low bow 
wants to see mr mark on business mark looking like a gallant of the old school excused himself with a great flourish to the little grey lady and strode out in the hall with his back to the light stood a broad-shouldered man muffled to the chin in a fur overcoat the boy was about to apologize for his costume and then ask the man's errand when the stranger turned quickly and gripped his wrist hush not a word where's she he cried with a low whistle of surprise mark pushed open the door the stranger stepped in the little grey lady raised her head and who can this guest be she asked and in what a queer costume too the man drew himself up to his full height and threw wide his coat and you don't know me annie she did not take her eyes from his face nor did she move except to turn her head appealingly to the room as if she feared they were playing her another trick he had reached her side and stood looking down at her again came the voice a strong clear voice with a note of infinite tenderness through it how white your hair is annie and your hand is so thin have i changed like this she leaned forward scanning him eagerly there was a little cry then all her soul went out in the one word harry she was inside the big coat now his strong arms around her her head hidden on his breast only the tips of her toes on the floor when he had kissed her again and again and he did and before everybody he crossed the room picked up the ghostly candle and smothered its flame i saw it from the road he laughed softly that's why i couldn't wait but you'll never have to light it again my darling i saw them both a few years later everything in the way of fading and wrinkling had stopped so far as the little grey lady was concerned if there were any lines left in her forehead and around the corners of her eyes i could not find them joy had planted a crop of dimples instead and they had spread out smoothing the care lines margaret even claimed that her hair was turning brown gold once more but then margaret was always her loyal slave and believed everything her mistress wished and now if you don't mind dear reader we will put everything back and shut the little grey lady's bureau drawer End of chapter 4 End of The Little Grey Lady by Frances Hopkinson Smith Read by Carolyn in June 2013
in Groningen, the Netherlands. Thank you for listening.